Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. On June 8th, Kevin Beeman and his gyms, CrossFit Mount Lebanon and Mecca Fitness, will return to indoor classes. Having run outdoor classes for two weeks prior, he's thankful to simply be open again and serving members. His gym offers both CrossFit classes and boutique gym offerings. The trend of boutique programming like boot camps and spin being something he picked up while doing research in New York City years ago. COVID-19's forced closure brought some lessons to the forefront for Kevin, namely the power of having a core team. He also shared in this conversation about what worked for him and his full-time staff, including no Zoom classes, painting the facility, coaches assigned to members, and more. And finally, Kevin talks about the new facility he's in the process of building and how he is planning to market for pre-sales during this current climate. Hopefully you can learn from Kevin's success in my conversation with him. Well, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm your host, Heather Hartman, editor of Box Pro Magazine. I'm here with Kevin. Kevin, can you say, hey, tell us who you are and where you're coming from? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, Heather. Uh, my name is Kevin Beeman. I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we run an affiliate called CrossFit Mount Lebanon and our own branded product uh, called Mecca Fitness, uh, also uh, right next door. Yeah, and we were just ch- chatting before we started recording. Uh, Kevin and I haven't really talked in a few years, <laughs> so yeah. it's been yeah, it's been kind of cool to see though that you guys mm-hmm. have been growing and changing and moving and shaking. So, um, I w- I want to start out though because not everyone has talked to you before or knows who you are. Well, can you tell us your story? How did you get into this industry? Um, how how did you jump in and become a business owner? And kind of walk us through up to the point where you are today. Sure. Um, so prior to owning a gym, which I never thought I'd be doing in a million years, I, uh, for years, was uh, in business as a sales manager, and then I branched out on my own and got into real estate development. Uh, about eight, nine years ago, my wife had an opportunity to take a general counsel position in Miami. So uh, we had two small children at the time, and uh, being that my business was pretty flexible, I said, let's go, let's get this over with and see what they have planned for you. Uh, I was able to come home and uh, a couple days a month and point my fingers and tell people what to do. Uh, so I you know, lived in Miami with my wife and two daughters and uh, went to Starbucks for two hours every day and did my work. And then the kids were at school. My wife was at work. I found the local CrossFit gym. Long story short is I lost 30 pounds, I made a few friends, and I thought to myself, well, Jesus is really going to stink when I go back to Pittsburgh, because it was only a two-year assignment. I really want this in my community. I think this would do well. So I waited, and I was checking the affiliate list all the time to see if anybody was opening up a gym in, in our town, Mount Lebanon, and it didn't seem like that was happening. So I started looking for real estate there, and I got my level one, uh, flew Flew back home, found a a really great opportunity as far as uh, square footage here in town and just kind of did it. You know, Um, we very quickly before we even opened, I think we had 75 members and grew very, very quickly. And uh, about two and a half years into that, the landlord uh, said that they were going to be re-renting the other side of the building, which was another 10,000 square feet. 
And quite honestly, I just didn't want to have a neighbor. Uh, but I also knew that having another 10,000 square feet on top of the 10,000 square feet I already had wasn't really going to double my revenue. It was just going to double my rent. So I started going up to New York, New York City to see what was going on as far as fitness. Now, mind you, this was, I don't know, six years ago. And um, in Pittsburgh, there was no such thing as boutique fitness at the time. But in New York, things were really happening as far as pay as you go, uh, small, uh, you know, 2,000 square foot uh, boxing gyms or rowing gyms or treadmill gyms. But there was a ton of them. And I thought, uh, I would love to go up there and figure out what what classes I liked, what what about that class I didn't like, uh, and kind of bring it back here. And that's exactly what we did. We opened like six boutique gyms in that 10,000 square feet space. So uh, we branded it Mecca Fitness. It's a Mecca of fitness. And we kind of just um, started slow. We had rowing classes and some. Uh, we opened a cycle studio. And then... Uh, boot camp classes, which is basically, you know, what a lot of people call CrossFit light, but uh, it's definitely not light <laughs> uh, as far as activity or, or ex excursion. Um, and it, it kind of took on its life of its own, and it's a bigger brand now than the, our CrossFit gym. Uh, but what's great about it is that we have some people that come in uh, through Mecca because it's much easier to market a product like Mecca, you don't have to go through a one-on-one. -on -one. It's there's no barbells, there's no advanced gymnastics. It's a lot less uh, intimidating than a CrossFit class. Uh, so we'll get people come in through through CrossFit or through Mecca, and maybe in two months they see what's going on in our CrossFit class, and they're like, "Hey, I want to do that." So we get them into a one-on-one, -on -one and they become a really loyal CrossFit client. I don't really care which end of the business they feel more comfortable at. But the other side of the coin is that we have a lot of people on our CrossFit side that are either aging out or getting tired of CrossFit or, you know, they have shoulder issues and they really like the longer, grindier classes at Mecca and the, 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 the variety. So we don't lose them as a client. They just decide to change their membership a little bit and stay on the Mecca side. So they're still here every day with their friends, but they're they get a different uh a different dose of fitness than than CrossFit. So uh, one hand really washes the other, which is great. Is there a big difference in uh, price structure between those two memberships, like CrossFit and Mecca? Uh, not a big deal. I mean, we keep the number different, so it's easier to see on a spreadsheet of, of what membership people have. Um, but there's just more options at Mecca. You can buy a, one class at a time. You can buy five, 10, 20, 30 a pack or you can get the unlimited or the three time a week membership. Uh, but we also offer class pass uh, back in the day before COVID. <laughs> um, so we get a lot of people that come in here uh, that normally wouldn't step foot in the building because they can come once or once a week or twice a month or when they're visiting town. And that really opens up to like, you know, I call it more of my retail business and I don't mean clothing. I mean, people that come off the street and they're able to buy a class credit online and not have to worry about like drop-in. You know, it's not a drop-in. It's I'm a member here. I only come once a month, but I'm a member. And uh, that kind of changes the dynamic of, of how you market and um, your business model. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that that's interesting. That's that's kind of a cool mesh. And I love how you went to mm-hmm. New York City just to kind of figure some stuff out. And yeah, and I still go. I, there. I still go. Yeah, I still go. I, well, I haven't been in a while, but I try and go once, you know, once. Yeah, every I was like, I hope you haven't been months. in a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. Um, yeah, but because there's a lot going on there and I, I see the trends happening and um you know, I also saw things I didn't like there, which was great. You know, we do a we do a version of the Barry's Boot Camp class. We have 12 woodway treadmills, and those are about $12,000 a piece. And it's a high-intensity interval training class. But what I didn't like about it, and I still love a Barry's class, but I didn't like uh, that when I was on the floor, there was no clear direction of, of what the workout was going to be. It was just like one minute of this, and then I have to wait and hear what the, the instructor is going to tell me to do next. And I missed that kind of whiteboardish CrossFit feel. So I, I, we program treadmill uh, runs and intervals, but on the floor, it's very much like a, a CrossFit workout. It's a seven minute AMRAP or an EMOM. People know what they're getting into, know how hard to push. And um, so it's, it's taking somebody's uh, really great idea and making it a better idea. And that's kind of what we do in the fitness world every single day. I mean, Greg Glassman did not invent the air squat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I think that's cool. So, and and with that in mind, I'm kind of curious how, um, you know, shutting, shutting down has worked and how you've been able to serve your members, both in the CrossFit classes and all these boutique classes as well. Because there's, di- I, I feel like there's different ways to serve them. Maybe there yeah. isn't. Um, Can you maybe speak to like COVID-19 impact and how you've been serving your members in all those different areas? Yeah, well, I think the number one thing about serving our members is that we have a team, a full-time team staff here, uh, in addition to a large part-time staff, but it was our full-time staff that really um, continued the service to our to our thousands of members. So we have uh, probably about a thousand members uh, and then some onesies and twosies that buy single classes that, you know, isn't our, wasn't our main focus. Those are people that pop in, but it's those people that pay that monthly fee uh, that look to us for community, for um, smart workouts, uh, for mental uh, uh, help, you know, whatever that may be. So it was our, we have eight people on our full-time staff and they were on staff the whole time. We, we were able to um, pay them a full salary and, you know, we just strategized on each level of, of this crisis uh, of, you know, okay, what's going on? What do we do? How do we handle this into, okay, now that this has happened, we're shut down. What do we want to do? How do we provide services to people that are continuing to pay and need us? Um, so we took the strategy of um, not doing a Zoom class at all. A lot of people are doing Zoom classes. They're great. I don't have uh, anything negative to say other than um, when, when we have a large group of people, everybody's on a different schedule, right? To say, this is the time that the class is happening. A lot of people are like, well, you know, my kid's homework is that time or I have a conference call. So what we did was, uh, we programmed a um, a workout every single day and did a, a video demo, uh, like a one minute demo, and that was that really satisfied both CrossFit and our boot camp classes, which is going to be um, the 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 most equivalent class we have to CrossFit and, and most user friendly. So 
you know, most people didn't have barbells, so they're going to be doing a home workout. So we, we, um, we decided to do one workout a day uh, and, and really have that demonstration video every single day. And it usually lasts about a minute and we put it out to everyone. We didn't firewall it because frankly, we didn't know how to do that in the beginning. Uh, we just wanted to get the information out there and uh, it worked great. We ended up getting people from all around the world emailing us and saying, you know, we love your workouts. We love your uh, videos and please don't stop, blah, blah, blah. So uh, that was kind of like phase one of how we handled this. And then phase two was once we kind of squared everything away, we, you know, we, we then separated the, uh, the membership into groups and each coach had a group to like build their own Facebook group with, check in with everyone, um, make sure that uh, if anybody had any questions or needed equipment, we loaned out almost every piece of equipment we have here. Uh, and if it was a bigger piece of equipment, we rented it. Uh, so a rower or a spin bike or an airdyne or a skier we were renting out. Um, and then after that phase, we went into, okay, I don't, how long is this going to be? How long do we have to do this for? And nobody knew, right? Uh, so we <laughs> that just That was started, a question everyone yeah. was asking. Yeah, and it's still not really over. But uh, so what we did then is um, we tried to take a couple hours each day and we repainted the gym. We you know, just really set up projects that uh, when people came back, they would be like, wow, this place is different or see us working and know that their money's going towards the full-time staff. Because if there was, if it wasn't for them, there'd be no gym to come back to. I couldn't have done this all on my own. You know, there's just no way. Um, so it's keeping productive and, and mentally for us, the team, it was, it was, you know, once we realized, okay, we can all work together in, in a social distance way at the gym, it's a 20,000 foot square, square foot gym. Um, you know, we were able to work out together um, so mentally for us as a team, that was really important and still provide, uh, not only great service and great products for the, for the community, but also really think about how we wanted to proceed as a company together. So, you know, we kept our weekly meetings, uh, really strict as far as how we, um, plan those meetings and how we go through it. And, uh, we didn't really skip a beat as far as you know, the planning and the future of our company. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I I think that's good. And I, I love your point about, you know, the projects in the gym and even showing members, Hey, your money is going to something, you know, beyond even just the virtual offerings that we have for you beyond like giving you programming, like we are investing in this place. So then when you come back it is better than before. I love that. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I think people just yeah. really, you know, when you're home home and you're working from home and you don't know how long this is going to be and you know, your, your workouts aren't as intense as they used to be because you're in your living room. I think, you know, I'm not patting us on the back, but I think, and, and we did get this feedback on a daily basis. It's like, thank God, I know I have something to look forward to, or I'm part of something that is, you know, bigger than my living room and, and my family. And, so I think just being part of a community was is is really important to people, especially at that time. Yeah, no, I mean I I agree. I, I think I think if anything, we've learned that community is more important than we thought before, and we thought it was important. <laughs> yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely been highlighted, and and I'm kind of curious, Kevin. 
during during that time of being closed and you know taking things virtual um figuring out you know all those different ways to work your business uh and reach members were there any lessons learned or or big takeaways that you took from that time of being physically closed that you might be keeping on with or that you're like this was great for us to realize and learn that maybe you could share here yeah i think a couple things i think internally it was um for for inside our business, it was the importance of having a core team, of having full-time employees. And I know not everyone can do that. You know, not every gym is uh, prepared to, you know, pay people salaries and health benefits and uh, 401ks. But if you're really driven to build a, a real company, you have to do that. You can't do everything on your own. You can't, you know, clean the bathrooms, change the photocopy machine, you know, do payroll, do marketing. You have to figure out a way to slowly give those things away and you'll see you'll get so much more uh, and your life will be fuller. And, you know, I, I have so much pride in providing um, through the membership, providing careers to people. And um, I probably would have quit this or sold this if I didn't have people that really cared as much about it as I do. So I think it was just a, a, a reconfirmation that having a team is the most important thing. You cannot do this on your own um, unless you want to, you know, and it's not, this recipe isn't for everybody, but, uh, and then uh, as far as customers or the businesses uh, concerned is continually trying to get feedback is really important. We did a, a survey you know, about a month ago and we got like 500 really detailed surveys back. And, um, you know, we got some things that we were like, wow, okay. We didn't know that that was an issue for people. And that's great, right? Because that's why you did the survey. You want to get that kind of bad feedback. Um, but also what it does, it, it feeds your soul. You know, it makes you feel like what you're doing here is really, really important. And it kind of feeds the machine. Um, when we saw you know, the words written down from people of how much this place means and how important it is to their health and wellness makes you want to work even harder, you know, uh, because a lot of people don't have either, I'm not saying the ability to say those things on a daily basis, but, uh, you know, you're in, you're out, uh, and um, maybe they're just not an extrovert, you know, it's the introvert that takes the time to write down and say, like, you don't, you don't realize that this dot, 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 and then goes into something much deeper than you ever expected. So you get some, you know, good feedback as far as the things you need to improve on. Uh, you always get that like three to 5% like nasty person. <laughs> so you cannot take that personally. You have to realize that that just happens uh, no matter what. There are some Karens out there ready to ruin your day. Um, oh, but, Karen. I feel yeah. bad for anyone named Karen now. Poor yeah, Karen. Absolutely. Uh, but really what you get is that positive feedback that is so essential to you know people in our industry we're all out, I, i'm assuming most of us are outgoing and we love love and we love community and so to get that it's like this this energy boost and i would suggest people do that on a quarterly basis at the very least so they can they can get that so yeah i love that i i love surveys i love what they do um I love when you do surveys at Chick-fil-A and they give you a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. That's great. Yeah, yeah. 
but uh, yeah, it's it's really awesome the the feedback, and I love how I mean you said that you guys even got some stuff that you hadn't even realized was an issue, and you mm-hmm. never would have known if you had asked. So yeah, I yeah I think that's so important important. So that's awesome, Kevin. That's great. Awesome lessons learned. And so um, you all reopened. You all reopened <laughs> May eighteenth. Uh, well, we, we are on our second week of outdoor classes. So as soon as we went to in Pennsylvania, it's called the yellow phase where you can do things in groups of 25, but not inside. Uh, immediately I thought, well, let's just move on this. And I'd rather ask for, um, forgiveness than permission. So we started outdoor classes. We have, I think like six or seven CrossFit classes a day with 12 people in them in our park. We have two separate parking lots. So one parking lot was uh, is CrossFit, and the other parking lot is a mix of our mecha classes, rowing, yoga. We have a class called MFlex, which is a mix of yoga and HIT. Our boot camp class, um, and that's it. Yeah, that's the only ones we can really do outside. Okay. Have you do you take a lot of equipment out there to do it, or is there still a lot of body weight stuff? No, we're we're, we're taking uh, the equipment that we had left. <laughs> a lot of people started bringing oh, them back, true. which was great. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So we had to be creative in in um, our programming to make sure that we had enough equipment for both sides of the of the business. Um, but yeah, uh, we're we're still using rowers. We were <laughs> we were kind of lucky, and we can get into this in a minute. Is that I had purchased most of most of the equipment for our new set of gyms that are opening up this summer. And they were being stored in our basement. So uh, we started building rowers. We started unpacking dumbbells. And we gave out all that stuff, too. But we, we had more than we normally have on the premises, which was, which was great. Um, yeah, so two weeks of that today. Uh, I think we have two more days of that. And then this coming Monday, uh, we start uh, having indoor classes. And uh, there are obviously restrictions to that COVID procedures and um, class sizes uh, and cleaning protocols and all that stuff. But everyone's really, really excited about getting back to the quote. These are air quotes. You can't see them, but normal. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that is very true. So June, June 8th, that's when you guys are real, yes. they're doing mm-hmm. any classes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, yeah, that's, that's exciting. So how's it been? How has the membership response been? Um, I mean, how has the weather been? I'm curious. <laughs> with all the yeah, outdoor uh, workouts. Today, today it's beautiful. Uh, we had, I coached one uh, early morning class where everyone was like the night before, you know, is it canceled? Is it canceled? And I'm like, well, I'll be there. You don't have to come if you don't want to, because it's raining. And out of the 12 people, I had 11 showed up and we had did hill sprints that day and they loved it. Um, so as long as it's not like, you know, Wizard of Oz tornado, uh, we're going to have class or if it's a down cats and dogs that will cancel. So people actually really enjoyed, uh, oh. working out in the rain, hmm. but after COVID and being in the house, you'll take what you can get, I guess. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and let's talk. So, so you casually mentioned that you know, well, most people are just going through quarantine with their business. Not only are you going through quarantine with your business, but you're also looking to open <laughs> a new location. Um, yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit, how how that came about, what that has even been like during all of this? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, because we have our own brand and it, it, it has some level of, of local success for a while there, I was getting, you know, 
inquiries of, are you going to open another one in the North Hills? We're, we're in the South Hills of Pittsburgh. And if anyone's familiar with Pittsburgh, there's three rivers that separate the downtown and there's North Hills, South Hills, East Side. Um, but, you know, people don't like to go through a bridge or a tunnel unless they have to. So we have a, a great level of success in the South Hills. And then because of class pass, we're getting onesies and twosies from all over the city. Uh, but we get these requests all the time for the last couple of years. Uh, why don't you open one of these in the North Hills? I don't want to drive all the way down here, blah, blah, blah. But I really didn't feel like we had the infrastructure or the the plan and the system set up. I, what, you know, I didn't feel like there was a level of success that I could just move on uh, up until about a year, year and a half ago, uh, where we were really, like I talked to before, we had a management team, we had a system, uh, our meetings ran uh, like clockwork and uh, the level of success really started rolling in when we had people in charge of different things and it wasn't just me doing everything. So at that point, I was like, okay, let's look for some real estate. And uh, I found uh, a spot that really was just a uh, old warehouse that needed completely, I mean, there was no plumbing, there's no anything. So we've been working on this for a good year and a half uh, as far as leasing. And uh, we started construction back in, uh, I wanna say October, um, but we are also building two levels of apartments above the gym, this uh, um, uh, landlord team. I'm, I'm part owner in the build, building. I'm not uh, the driving force of the development, but um, so it's a larger project than, than just you know, throwing some mats down in a room. And, and that's kind of the difference in building the business that we've built. Uh, where it's been you know, seven years of a slow, like, oh, let's do this room, let's paint this, let's build a front desk, let's um, put another room in very slowly. Because we have a brand um, that people uh, have expectations for, we can't do that slowly, right? We have to say, day one, open the door, and it's just exactly how people want it to be. So that's kind of the difference in, in building a business from scratch like a lot of us do in CrossFit. It's like, you know, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna buy the small rig. And then when I get more members, I'm gonna buy some more bumper plates. Uh, when you've already built a somewhat successful business and you wanna expand that, it's a bigger, it's a bigger gamble, right? You have to go to the bank and you have, you know, mortgage your house, uh, those type of things. So um, there were lots of, uh, bumps in the road as far as getting that started and uh, we had started some real momentum as far as construction and then COVID happened and then we shut down for two and a half months. So quite honestly I just kind of forgot about that project and my focus was on um, the membership that we have now um, and how do we save the full-time jobs here and how do we keep our, our bread and butter happy and safe and healthy. Um, so when I, when you're asking me, how did I handle both? I just, I just kind of shut that project down in my head because it was shut down. And now I'm starting to think about like how we move forward, not only here, but down there and get those pre-sales rolling again and um, that marketing machine. And so it's exciting again, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 
I'm, that's that is very exciting. I think it's cool how the project kind of came about. And you're right, like it's it, both the uh, blessing and the curse of a brand. Now you have people mm-hmm. having set expectations for you. So when you do open a second location, you're right. You have to meet those expectations because you mm-hmm. set the bar. Um, and I'm kind of curious, Kevin. Do you have any thoughts on marketing during this time? What that marketing is going to? It, it has to look different. It has to look different than it yeah. did prior COVID. It, what plans so far have you thought about in terms of marketing, especially with this new location, and you know that bring into relevance this time and and what's going on? Um, yeah. So we have a full time marketing person on the staff that handles um, not only uh, internal and external communications as far as uh, employee newsletters and customer newsletters, but handles our social media uh, and our branding, which is really important. Like I I remember when I used to do that on my own and I'd sit at Starbucks and come up with posts and graphics and Canva and all, you know, uh, it just took me away from uh, really the, the leadership role that I, uh, that is so essential. You know, you, you, I have a hand in everything, but I have a, I, I'm in control of nothing. Um, so, you know, continuing that, and I, you know, this is kind of my theme: is you got to pay someone to do the work if you want good work done. So, working with my marketing manager to identify um, email campaigns, uh, you know, pricing structures, promotions, and then uh, also taking that next step and um, taking it away from that marketing person and going to an external marketing firm that can handle uh, outgoing texts and, and, and things like that. So right now I'm focused on uh, interviewing a few different companies that will help us do that because uh, there's a, that's a whole ball of wax as far as um, a system, an automated system that can uh, contact people either past customers or Facebook friends or uh, our Instagram account uh, that's something that that I think is larger than what we can do in house. So making sure that the you know the cost cost per thousand and 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 those fees are uh, paying off. So yeah, we're getting into that kind of phase of um, ex- exterior marketing campaigns that uh, is really a is really a um, strange world for a small business owner. It's like you look at that Facebook. Um, advertising dashboard that they give you and it's like okay what do i do with this you know i can post i can post something but then there's you know different funnels you can put that into and different um platforms that social media companies offer so i think again finding someone to help you do that is is essential trying to figure that out yourself i don't think is a is a good use of your time mm-hmm yeah, and I'm am kind of curious, Kevin. What are your thoughts on gaining new members at this time with everything that's gone on? I know I know there's some fear. I think I've seen and heard from some affiliates it's actually going remarkably well in terms of gaining new members. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the first fear is that will they come back? You know, because people put their accounts on hold and they said. They gave a date and some people canceled. They didn't give a date. And, you know, we've got uh, half of our membership in limbo. They haven't because we really haven't opened yet. Uh, I, don't, I haven't looked at the list to see how many people said on opening day, charge me. I think that's a separate spreadsheet that I haven't even had time to look at. But just last night we had 40 people come back just 
they they emailed in themselves. It wasn't an automated thing that we asked them. Uh, and then we've had this past week, we have something called the Make It Happen Package, which is basically uh, we run Healthy Steps Nutrition. So we run that program here. We have six nutrition coaches. Uh, but what we decided a, long, a while ago, about a year and a half ago, is, is to kind of bundle things together. And, and, and when a new person comes in, we force them to, not always, but uh, we gently uh, recommend that they do this make it happen package. It's you know four personal training sessions, uh, a nutrition coach, um, either Mecca or CrossFit classes. And it's a thousand dollars, maybe twelve hundred dollars for the first three months. And that's a commitment. Um, so we had four people sign up for that this week. Uh, so and then a, a ton awesome. of e yeah, a ton of emails of people that, you know, aren't our, our membership saying inquiring about when we're opening or I want to uh, even the, the new location, you know, when are you opening? So there are some real bright spots, you know, uh, through this kind of storm that uh, I want everyone to know that, you know, people will come back. People are excited about um, getting back into group fitness. It's not, we're not going to lose our, our, Hard work to Peloton, you know, it's not, I mean, there are going to be people that stay with that, but people want uh, the real experience. So um, if you just keep working, doing what you've been doing and then figuring out ways to improve your business, your business will, um, your business will survive. And, and the other thing is there are going to be people out there that don't do those steps and their business is not going to, there are going to be winners and losers in this. And if you, you know, Take the steps to be successful, you'll be a winner. And you know, there's already been two or three gyms in a very close radius to us that have reached out and said they're not opening. So, um, so just stay the course, and you'll be fine. Yeah, those are good words. Those are good mm -hmm. words, Kevin. Probably some some of our listeners need to hear. So, and and kind of starting to wrap up. Uh, we've chatted about so much. You have so much wisdom to give and lessons oh. learned oh um do you have any maybe a uh, piece of advice or if you could tell affiliates one thing right now um you know whether it's a lesson learned takeaway um what, what would it be if you could share one thing in terms of a piece of advice um i would just say like you want people to feel in, in, like specific to this time period this week we're in like it's kind of like this turning point where people are starting to come out of their cave. Local uh, state governments are saying we need to get back to work. Is that you really want to have people feel like you've made a tremendous effort for their safety and their health. You know what I mean? Like, don't take this lightly that it's over. There's still a lot of people out there that really are scared of this and they, and Really, they should be. I mean, nobody wants wants to um, get sick or get someone else sick. So um, some of the things might seem ridiculous because you're like, well, everyone's a target. Everyone's, you know, still out there doing things. Why do we have to um, clean this barbell every time? They said that it doesn't, um, you know, come in contact with things you touch. It doesn't matter. Just do the steps. Make people feel um, like they're in a place where they feel safe. And remember, you're a health and wellness company uh, before you're a business. 
Uh, obviously, the, those two things go hand in hand. Um, but we got a tremendous positive result when we closed our doors before we had to. So, uh, and I think a lot of people uh, did that as well. Um, but then on the other side of the coin, you see these stories on the news, and I'm not knocking anyone. You have to do what you have to do. Uh, but from my perspective, you know, opening up before you should have or before you were allowed doesn't um, give yourself a very good name. You know what I mean? Uh, we're in this business because we want people to be healthy. Uh, so make them feel healthy, make them be healthy. And, and I think that would be my micro piece of advice is um, in this like kind of weird phase we're in, um, do everything you can to adhere to those protocols um, because you don't want anyone to call you and say, you know, I got COVID from your barbell or from the person next to me. Um, because that, that would be devastating, uh, for me. Uh, and it's a real possibility, right? Um, so just, you want to be as vigilant on that as, as you can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's important just to say, well, personal preferences set aside, safety and health of the member comes first. And we're going to do everything we can as a business, as a gym, as a staff to make this environment safe. Yeah, because so. it's going to be really, really easy to say like, ah, we're back. This is fun. High fives. No, really try and discourage that for as long as you can and pay attention to the data. Um, not so much the news, you know, your local county health department number of cases. That's really going to be the indication that. Um, things are going in the right or the wrong direction locally for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good word too. look at the data, not just the news. Cause mm -hmm. man, the news, mm -hmm. we won't even talk about that. That's a whole yeah, other, that's a whole other guess topic. What? Guess what? The news is a business too. So they're trying it to is. sell ads and you can't blame them. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm in the news industry a little mm -hmm. bit, so <laughs> I understand, but yeah. well, awesome. Well, yeah. Well, Kevin, Hey, thank you so much. It's such great advice. Um, and for our listeners, I, I really do think you need to look at how are you providing a safe environment for your members in this, um, personal preferences set aside and how are you, um, looking to, you know, grow your membership in a time like this, it's possible. We've seen gyms do it and it is possible for yours as well. Um, and what can you take away from our conversation um, from what Kevin shared, you know, with, with Mecca and um, CrossFit Mount Lebanon? Like what, what can you do um, in anything that he brought up? So Kevin, thank you so much for being on the, the podcast today. It's been great having you. Always wonderful to hear what you're thinking. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see um, your next location, Five Borders CrossFit, Mecca Fitness, see what happens with that. So but it's been great having you on today. Thanks so much, Heather. Anytime. And that wraps it up for this episode of Box Talk. If you liked what you heard, or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. -E. As always, thanks for dropping in.